Welcome to Medicated Babbling with Janet Thomas. The rants, the laughs, the tiny baby steps that get us through chronic illness. And quick disclaimer before we get started, I am not a health practitioner of any kind. I am a person with chronic illness and, uh, yeah, opinions. So let's get started. Happy New Year, everyone. I mean, it feels a little late to be wishing you a Happy New Year, but uh, this is the first time I'm talking to you this year, so there it is. Anyway, I guess I should talk about New Year's resolutions? She says as her voice gets higher because she's really not sure about it. I'm not the biggest fan of New Year's resolutions, but somehow this year I felt the need to talk about them. I sort of dodged the subject and just avoided doing it last year in January, but I thought maybe if I, you know, do it this year, maybe I can avoid it again for another few years. Say, listen, I've done it. Go back and listen. And maybe, who knows, maybe my thoughts will evolve. I don't know why I don't like them that much. I mean, I do kind of envy the people that get into all the symbolism of the new year and a new start and time to do reflection and do a reset. I don't know. But to me, I don't know. It just, it just seems very arbitrary. I used to get more of a new beginning feeling at the end of August, the beginning of September, because that was the beginning of the school year. That actually took a long time to wear off. I was working at a real job for years and I'd still get the urge to buy stationary supplies and start projects at the beginning of September. But it did wear off eventually. And now I don't think I really have a official start date for a new year. Yeah, I don't think I do. I think part of the reason I don't like January 1st that much is because nothing really changes. I mean, people get a few days off for the holidays, but other than that, January is pretty much like December. But like the difference between summer vacation in August and school in September, that was a real change. But yeah, January 1st, I mean, meh, nothing really changes. As for resolutions, when I was healthy, okay, healthier, I wouldn't do it on purpose, but basically, I made resolutions while I was on vacation. It was it was the only time I had room to breathe and my brain could stop focusing on all the day-to-day grind and minutia of all the things. And they could finally do some big picture thinking. I never understood January 1st. I mean, I know it's near the solstice and all of that, but after all the running around to friends and family, who has the brain space left to reflect? I mean, I was just always exhausted by all the logistics of gifts and coordinating families and work deadlines and traveling and all the get-togethers and the weather. I mean, it was all just, it was a lot. I mean, it wasn't bad. I liked Christmas. I like my family. It's all, you know, it's a lot of fun, but I wouldn't say there was a lot of downtime. There was just sort of enough time to be a vegetable for a couple of days before it was back to work. So yeah, I just, it does see, it still just doesn't compute for me. And I'm not at work anymore, so there's a lot less structure to my year. Like I said, this liminal feeling of being outside of time, which is new for so many people during COVID, that's my normal life. Okay, so again, back to resolutions. I can stay on a topic. Really, I can. I think a lot of people set their goals ridiculously high. And then, and also feel bad for not getting enough, enough done the previous year, but the goal was super high, so you wouldn't be able to co- do it anyway. So that's a lot of people. But I think once you add chronic illness to the mix, this all gets amplified. I have to be in a pretty good place to do this type of thing, or I'll get 
so depressed about how small my world is. I mean, I can do so much less than I used to. And what before was a trivial task or maybe like a fun weekend project, that's now a major goal for the year. And so, yeah, it's really hard not to dwell on uh, how much migraines have stolen from me. It's really hard not to go there. So, uh, yeah, I sort of have to be in a really good place to do all this reflection, goal setting business. But I guess on the positive side, all of this really does give me more perspective on what a reasonable goal is. I mean, although I fought that for a long time and I still sometimes do. And also a reasonable goal, a reasonable resolution. I don't know. It sounds sad? Uninspired? I mean, it does not sound exciting. We're always told to, you know, shoot for the moon. If you can dream it, be it. And and I get that this can be helpful. Get yourself thinking outside self-imposed limits, giving you something to aim for, try to see what your, your real dreams are. Like, yeah, 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 I get it. But my limits, they're very real. They let me know when I've exceeded them. That whole dream big message is a very painful reminder of that. Now I have to be reasonable. Well, I don't have to be, but like I said, I feel like a failure for not doing it and even more frustrated. And if I push too hard, I end up with, you know, massive migraines for days and then I can't do anything at all. So, I mean, yeah, logic, logic says be reasonable, but um, yeah, still frustrating. And like I said, it's not specific to people with chronic illness. I mean, they might not get migraines or a flare or whatever, but burnout's a real thing and and all the rest of it. So it's the same, but different. So yeah, I know plenty of people, healthy people that set themselves up to fail this way too. None of us are doing a good job at this. And the reason I sort of thought about this was because they came up in discussion with Lena last time and I started watching some more like planning for 2021, you know, watch me set up my journal and also again, great stuff to watch when you've got brain fog, but they are so over the top. And again, I am not judging. I can totally see the value of having an outlet for creativity every month and decorating your journal. That can totally be that outlet. And the act of planning every month gives you a chance to pause and regroup. Again, I can see the things and I sort of do that too. I have a modified tracker thingy going on and and it lets me regroup every month, every two weeks. I think that's great, but I still think they're over the top. They're just, they're just wonderfully ridiculous. I mean, I don't know, but for the average person, like who has time for that? I mean, if that's your YouTube job, great. You, that's your. That's what you're doing, but I don't have time for a YouTube job doing my journal on top of doing my life. It's like having the goal of a marathon. How about going for a jog or maybe a walk around the block? Maybe that's a little more on the reasonable side. I mean, if you're already a runner, maybe a New Year's resolution of running a marathon is totally doable. I'm not a runner, so I don't know these things, but I'm guessing it's it's in the realm of possibility. And if you're relatively healthy, It might be a stretch to do a marathon after a year, but I mean, if you make the resolution to take up running, and yes, I know the goal should be more measurable and all of that, but you know what I mean. This is just an example. But yeah, taking up running, that seems like a reasonable goal for a healthy person. But for those of us with chronic conditions, yeah, both of those might be completely ridiculous and depending on our limitations. I know for me, Taking a jog, not an option. So marathon, yeah, no, not not an option at all. 
let's scale that way back. If the root of that is the desire to get more exercise, spend some time outside, you know, I don't need a marathon to do that. And if I'm in a good place, I can make that leap to say, well, and I've never wanted to run a marathon, so I don't know why this goal, this came up in my head, but it did. If I'm in a good place, I can say the root of this goal is that I want to spend time outside. I can do the dip, deeper digging. If I'm in a not good place, I'm going to spend some time uh, moping and being depressed about how I can't do anything at all. So yeah, I have to be in a good place for this. And yeah, reasonable, reasonable goals, reasonable resolutions. It sounds so boring. But it's powerful. So like I said, I have a monthly tracker and I have reasonable goals which are doable on an average day. And if I get them done, then success. Hooray. No need to feel bad about myself. I got, I got my stuff done. But I do also have a stretch goal where I can feel extra awesome for getting that done. But it really is extra credit. There's no shame in not doing it. Oh, and I also consider it extra credit if I get anything done on a bad day. Because honestly, I already feel bad on those days. I don't need to add beating myself up about not getting stuff done on the list of suckage that is going on in my life at that time. So yeah, there's the basic and then there's the extra credit. Past guest Lena and I chat about this type of thing a lot. She's never liked the goal stretch goal thing, but she's found her way of doing it. She's found it having three different plans for awesome days, not so great days, horrible days works for her. She calls them A, B, and C. Okay, I know having a plan B is a phrase. So plan A, plan B, plan C, that makes sense. But when it's listed out as A, B, C, um, I don't know about you, but I get bad school grading flashbacks. So, but that's okay. It works for her. But yeah, like I said, reasonable. It's boring, but it's powerful. And to segue into a dash of happy... I guess you could call my dash of happy a New Year's resolution, even though I started it at the end of December. So I, it's not technically a New Year's resolution. And I started thinking about it way before. But yeah, after all this complaining about how New Year's resolutions don't work for me, yeah, my dash of happy is basically a New Year's resolution. No one said I was consistent. This month's dash of happy is journaling, which I am really surprised by. It was more of an experiment to see what happened. And yeah, I did not expect to really like it. I mean, I tried keeping a diary as a kid, but I don't know. It felt like a chore. I did not like it at all. I don't think I really knew what I was supposed to do with it. And I've heard about journaling forever in discussions with artists or people in therapy or doing happiness type research. I it sounded like a good idea, but I never actually did it. And I even have, you know, notebooks and pens. I could do that tomorrow. And I know I never did it. Never. But anyway, it was actually the Ologies podcast. They had an episode on awesomeology that tipped the scales and I finally decided to do it. Ali interviewed Neil Pazricha. Hope I said that right. And I had never heard of him, but he's been around for a while. I'm not sure how I hadn't heard of him. He did a blog about a thousand awesome things years ago and basically got sucked into the world of happiness research and is a font of information. There is so much information in that episode. I feel I really do need to go back and re-listen and maybe take notes from that episode because there was so much information in there and the tips were very practical, which is super nice. 
Anyway, I decided a simple thing I could do was the journaling. Like I said, I have notebooks, I have pens. And so I did. I'm happy to find out that I actually really like it. It still confuses me that I like it. Yeah, I do it every morning. It's shocking how easily it merged into my daily routine. I mean, I may still fall off the bandwagon, who knows, but so far none of this 30 days to make a habit, it just clicked right away. So I'm shocked, but happily shocked. So yeah, journaling is this month's dash of happy. Who knew? Okay, everyone knew. I think I'm late to this game, but hey, I'm here now. So journaling it is. As always, please subscribe because there is no schedule. So it'll just pop up in your podcast feed whenever. Usually launches around the end of the month-ish. Rate, review, tell a friend. You'd be a superstar for doing that. Social media. Just search for Medicated Babbling. You'll probably find me on just about everything. Except for Twitter, which is it's M babbling. But otherwise, I got Medicated Babbling on most of the things. Thanks to Fresh Kills for letting me use his song for the intro and outro music. And thanks to everybody that's listening. Don't forget you matter, and I'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. One, two, three, four, get it. One, two, three, four, get it. One.